We are frightfully wondrous. Frightfully wondrous. Frightfully wondrous. Frightfully wondrous. Frightfully wondrous. Frightfully wondrous with Ra Avis. first time in a long time, I'm starting something fresh. Not something over or something again. And I think, I think this is something good. Or at least something new. Don't worry. It's not oh so new. As usual, I'm multitasking. While I record this, I'm making the visuals to go along with it. I think we're going to call this episode one. Because even though Mission Alpha would sound way more exciting to me, the vast majority of the world uses episodes to distinguish and organize audio doodads. Yep. Audio doodads. That's the official word. You can trust me, I'm pretty much an expert. I googled all of this for at least 20 minutes. And now I'm sitting here with my cell phone propped on a tower of books, wearing slippers, and a shirt that says, Call Me Big Papa. If that doesn't scream, expert, to you, may I suggest taking a moment to realign your paradigms. But seriously... Chronological episodic numbering isn't exactly wild fun. But I do like to do things the way everyone does things. When I can. Unless, of course, the way they do things is wrong. Dave would tell people, Rara's not a nihilist on purpose. And I guess you could take that one step farther. I'm never really anything on purpose. I can't promise that this particular audio doodad, podcast, audio diary, podcast will be about anything important or anything specific or that I'll post on a regular schedule or that the audio recordings will improve. But I can promise that it will be frightfully wondrous because that's what I named it. And also because it's not that serious. I mean, really, we're both here. I have a pocket full of confetti and a mug of coffee. It's Valentine's Day, and I'm taking this easy. Because you won't even hear this podcast till I tell you all about it later, if I decide to, and if you decide to listen. And if you're listening, it's because you chose to listen. In which case, if it's a totally terrible experience, 
Whose fault is it really? See what I mean? I almost wrote a post earlier today, or late last night, or whatever you want to call it, depending on how you define time. I slapped on a few shades of titles, tried on a few openers, but I just couldn't get my blog shoes on. I didn't know what to say. It's Valentine's Day, and Dave died less than a year ago. I think there's more of a connection there for everyone else than there is for me. Valentine's Day was never our holiday. It's my holiday. A celebration of my favorite thing. A celebration of love and all of its twists and its cost and its transformation and its manifestation. I love love. I love you. I love Dave. And I don't mind celebrating that love even now. He died and it hurts. It hurts. It splashed the ice-cold fragility of the human form in my face, and I haven't stopped shivering in shock. We are so fragile, and time is so very precious. But rock beats scissor, and paper beats rock, and love beats time over and over again, no matter how little sense it makes. Love lasts, even when bodies don't. And so I respect it. Love wins, even when heroes fall. And so I cheer it on. Love lives, even when almost everything else around it dies. And so I celebrate it. I rejoice in it. It's Valentine's Day. And I don't know what to write, because writing is so very permanent. And I know this holiday hurts some of you. Even when I'm not experiencing that same pain, and even when I can't, I hurt with you. I don't know your exact pain, but I know what it is to... Look at something mundane and cringe inwardly. I know what it is to see something happy and cry silently to yourself. I know what it is to hold a lonely hurt. And I think, I think most people do. Fortunately. It's a fortunate thing. The way we tangle ideas together is one of my favorite characteristics of humanity. A flower is only just a flower to us until we know better. Then it becomes so much more. It becomes something that blooms in our favorite season. 
something in our mother's favorite color. Something that smells like the man who works at the place that made the keys for your first home. Something your little sister put on the first mud cake she ever served you. It takes humanity. It takes community. It takes stories to make a flower into a world. All this reminds me of something I read in one of those email forwards back in the 90s. Sometimes I feel like I was the only one reading those things. One of the people who actually sent me this story never has any idea what I'm talking about when I try to reference it. But then, people who were prone to mass forwarding and carbon copying emails weren't usually the most conscientious about content creation control. Luckily, I remember important things, and also, apparently, email forwards. All right, so where were we? Oh, yeah. The tangled web of comparisons that people use to build the fragile framework of the world. So close your eyes and imagine that you're walking into a small room. The floor is white. The walls are white. The ceiling is white. You are naked. The door shuts behind you, and after a minute or so, you realize that was the last sound you heard that wasn't made by you. There's nothing of sound in this room. There's nothing of color in this room. Everything is the purest white. You can't even see the door. Or if there is a door. From your safe space in the center, you can't even be sure where the floor meets the wall. At first, this shift in perception makes you hyper-aware of the words you use to define yourself, but then without comparison or input, uncertainty slips in. Are you tall or short? Are you loud or quiet? Are you important? Or forgotten. As your ability to define yourself against a wider world disappears, you begin to disappear. Your mind creates the reality of yourself, and your mind is unraveling reality as you know it because it has no input. But then it appears a dot. At first, you're not even sure if you see it because it's so very small. A pencil-sized dot on the wall. But you look closer and you're sure now. There is a dot. And the dot is on the wall. Which means you are not on the wall. The dot is small, so you are bigger. The dot is black. So the wall is white and you are multicolored. You exist again. 
The dot has become your salvation. With your thoughts, it grows and it morphs and more dots appear and these dots become the foundation for everything you think you know about who you are. You have defined a world again and defined your place in it. The door opens. You see, that's what humans do. That's what we do. We define our reality by labeling and attaching. We take a dot and we build a world around it. It's really tenuous web connecting all of us together. We teach our comparisons to our children and we tell them to build a skyscraper on something as fragile and temporary as the human body. Something as arbitrary and forgettable as email forwards. Something as complex as love. I'm not afraid of attachment. And I am not hurt by labels. But neither do I want to build a world out of desperate need. I'm not trapped in a white room with a dot on the wall, I can choose the connections that I build into my life. And I want to build. I want to build a world, a beautiful world, out of love. So I am starting where I am with what I have. In the tiny space I occupy, here in the big, big chunk of space that we all share, I'm doing what I can. I love you. And that's why I thought to start this new way of communicating with you. This audio diary, this podcast, this oh-so-very-odd-cast, on a day where we celebrate love. It's Valentine's Day, and I am celebrating you. I'm celebrating us. So let's refill our coffee and go do something great. Or better yet, something good. Happy Valentine's Day.